Rock 106.9. Welcome to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. You're going to get hooked up with $1,000 multiple times this morning. With Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay, we do it 10 after each hour. We'll do the first one here in just a few minutes. Joined every morning by Matthew Fantone. Buddy, how are you? Uh, Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Had a productive day yesterday. Uh, Had a client meeting with a, uh, I guess I can say, official new client of the radio station, Heritage Tattoo over on Cleveland. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. So... I uh, got to go hang out with Rob, who was in uh, Cronus, band featured on New Turd Tuesday not too long ago. He was, um, yeah. And uh, I'll be stopping in this weekend to get some new ink, and I will be keeping everyone posted with pictures and how it all goes and, and, and stories and all that stuff. You know what you should do? What is that? You should take somebody who can like film part of that yeah, and yeah, put it up at the website. Yeah. People will want to see that process. Yeah, the girlfriend's going to be tagging along, taking pictures and whatnot, doing the social media. Oh, iHeart likes that. Oh, they do. Getting work done out of people they're not paying. They do. <laughs> they're they going to like that. They do. It's like the new internship program. You want to? If you want to intern for the Stansberry Show, call now. Come on, don't no, do it kidding, to us. Just kidding. Don't do it to us. All right. So I know I'm the guy who normally like bags on all the new internet trends, okay. right? And sometimes I feel like I'm doing that because I don't understand it, right? So instead of bagging on it, I'm going to just examine it. Mm-hmm. All right. And I did this thing on Facebook at the show's Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash Stansberry Show, right? And it's this. I've seen ten bands. One of one of these is a lie, and somebody has to explain to me why this stuff gets. I have no idea why it's popular. No idea. The virality, like whether something goes viral or not, is such a weird thing. It's a perfect storm. Where I, I sometimes I'm like, oh, I understand why everyone thinks that's funny. Or, oh, I understand why everyone wants to be a part of that. But this is one of those things that for some reason dominated the Internet yesterday and today for the last 24 hours has just been like everywhere you look on social media, everywhere you look on the Internet. And I, I don't get it. This is one of those things that I normally as a person look at and go, oh, you people and, and kind of like laugh about it. That's what I'm doing. Right. Okay. And I would never do this at my personal page. But I was like, well, you got a show page. And yeah. people are obviously doing this all over the country. You might as well do this. So I've done it. And I've listed this. But Fantone brought up an excellent point. And I guess maybe it's that most of you know your Facebook friends. So maybe you could be able to guess about that person, what they haven't seen. But, like, I don't I – don't, I hope this doesn't come off rude, but I don't know any of you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like I don't I don't know as I'm seeing this and on my timelines, like I don't well, I don't know. Maybe you did go see in excess. How the hell would I know? Well, and that's the thing, is like even people I consider very close friends to me, like people in my inner circle, I don't know all the concerts you've been to. Like, I mean, yeah, maybe I was like, Oh yeah, I remember we went to that show together, but that's me and you going to a show together. I right. don't know if you've gone to shows with your wife. I don't know what shows you've gone to as just like I, I, I don't, I'm not with people every day. How would I possibly? How would I possibly know what bands you have and have not seen? So I both not even that long ago. This was 11 minutes ago, and I already got a bunch of comments on it. Would you like to hear the 10 bands? All right, let's hear the 10 bands. Iron Maiden, Kiss, Motley Crue, Nine Inch Nails, Nirvana, Filter, Jane's Addiction, Fifty Cent, Godsmack, and Jason Aldean. Now. I, I guess I'm kind of looking at that as like, well, which one's the oddball? Because that's what I would figure most people would do is you have 10 metal or nine metal bands and then Britney Spears. And you'd be like, oh, well, obviously you didn't go see Britney Spears. But with you, I genuinely have no effing way of knowing. Did you go see 50 Cent or not? Probably. I don't know. Were you at the Up and Smoke tour? I don't know. I, I will say this. 
I, I have raised the roof while 50 was performing. Well, there you go, I dude. have seen 50 perform. There it, you go. It, it is not 50 cents. Um, I, obviously, it's not Kiss. It's not The Crew. Nope. Um, it's not Iron Maiden. Nine, I've seen them 10 times. Nine Inch Nails, I would assume. You've seen, seen Nine Inch Nails multiple times. Do you see what I'm saying? And we're all supposed to sit here on social media while we're pooping, looking at other people's lists. And how would you know? Well, I need. I, that's the attention I want. I want poop attention. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind I need. No, here's what I would say, is that outside of like us doing it on the show's page or whatever, even amongst your friends, aren't they just lying? Aren't, they, aren't, aren't people now taking that and going, oh, well, they'll never know. I've yeah. seen them all. I've seen them all. Yeah, dude, it's all of them. Right? Isn't there that? Or isn't there this? Like, people lie about the bands that they've seen. And so aren't people probably listing bands that they've never seen just going, well, I wish I would have seen that. I was at Woodstock. Yeah, I was there. Saw it all. It was if there. you really look down my list, mine should be really obvious. It should be really obvious because one of those bands was a huge band, but not around very often, not very long. And it was closer to when I was in high school versus when I was working in radio. And Harder to have seen. Well, and I guess that's a big part of this, too, is that like... You and I, obviously, working in radio and being people who went to concerts, like, even before I worked in radio, I had been to more concerts than I can remember. Like, oh, God, I yeah. loved going to shows when I was younger. Me too. It's kind of one of the reasons that led into this. And, like, I, I, to most people, if, if you would ask me, like, how many... How many shows does the average person, how many have they been to? Maybe 20 in their life? Like, maybe 20. Yeah, right? I mean, that makes me sad. I mean, you turn you turn eighteen and you go to some concerts, but by the time you have kids and you have a wife and you have a life and you yeah, have all see, those things, <laughs> I forget. Most people are pregnant by twenty five, right? Twenty six. You right. know what I mean? I forget that because I didn't go that route. And, and, and you've got a mortgage, and and it's obviously not a high priority for you to be going to concerts and stuff like that. So I just I, I don't know. This just when it, when this was all over the uh, Facebook yesterday, I was just sitting there scratching my head like, what What are we doing with our lives? <laughs> Everybody wants to claim, oh, I'm so busy. I got so much stuff going on, but here we you are. You won't help your friend move because you got too much going on. Right, but here we are sitting there going through a list of 10 bands. Did, did your friend see them or no? Who knows? It's up for you, though. You can take a look at the list. Facebook.com slash Sansbury Show. Uh, Mitch Trubisky turns out it, he wants the worst job in American sports. He wants it. We'll give you that after we give you this $1,000 now. Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. On Rock 106.9, online for you, WRQK.com. You know what I just watched? What was that? I just watched Sofia Vergara struggle to ride an aquatic bull in a pool. And Smoke show, dude. Now, I was going to say, now, here's full disclosure, interest of full disclosure, I would watch Sofia Vergara do just about any damn thing. Like, anything. She is so beautiful, that woman. And I think, dude, she's not young, right? Isn't she like 50? Yeah, she's definitely older. I mean, she's got a 25-year-old son, I think. She's sexy, man. Now, I'm I'm sure some of that is good doctors, not good genes. I'm sure some of it is good doctors, but I don't think a lot. I don't I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm hoping for it not to be a lot. What what difference does that make to me? You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, if the doctor did it or if God did it, somebody did it, it looks good. You're so. just you're just appreciating it. Yeah, I'm just happy. I'm Would it happy make a difference if there. you were dating Sofia Vergara? Uh, like 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 you, like I'm saying, would it matter to you if the woman you were with was born that way or built that way? No, if she, if if that's what she looks like, that's a victory for me, right? I mean, if if I mean, it's not like. 
it's not like you can look at her and be like, oh, you can just tell she's had so much plastic surgery. Like some, yeah, some like botched plastic surgery. Yeah, that's a nightmare. But yeah. whatever this doctor did, whatever, who she, whoever she paid off to and do And we this, don't know, you know. Did a I'm great just, job. Yes, plastic surgery is that way. It really depends on who had the scalpel in their hands. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, would I, would I care if my girlfriend had fake boobs? No, whatever, whatever. Looks good, feels good, plays good, all that. I'm in. Real boobs are better, but I but I take your point. The thing that would probably get me off Sofia Varagaga is um her uh, her voice, dude. She's like even in that video where she's falling off of this this like. Uh, Does she sound like that? Yeah, she sounds like Modern Family. Yeah. I've always been told that she hams it up for Modern Family, that she's lived here like now long enough to where she kind of has English down, but like she, they know it's funny, so they have her ham it up. I'm sure it's a uh, it's it's a caricature of her voice. I'm sure she turns it up a little bit, but no, she's you can, still, yeah, you can you can hear that annoying like I don't know whatever you want to call it. It's it's very it's it, it's in the vein. It doesn't sound the same, but it, it, like annoyance level, it's in the same vein as Fran Drescher. Yeah, and had they both not been like hot they would have never like been a thing ever because of that like it, it would have stopped you from being and that little, person a little bit of it is their strength i mean that you know obviously aside from being ridiculously hot that's what you that's know what they, about that's Sophia what they're known for, for. Yeah. yeah is that is her voice so dude i had a thing for the nanny for fran drescher yeah i mean don't get me wrong i'm not saying like ill fran drescher but like i didn't think she was like hot i mean she was, oh like, yeah she's pretty hot dude. i mean attractive but she was dude she was really hot in that movie hollywood night she looked great in that and i do she look good in that show right. too right. yeah no fran drescher could still totally get it all right stan's very a uh, big fan of the fran there all right <laughs> dude she could totally all get right. it absolutely so it turns out mitch trubisky wants the browns job okay yeah uh in the last 18 years of cleveland football there's been two winning seasons. Two. One playoff appearance. Zero postseason victories. Listen to this, Vanto. Over the last 288 regular season games. All right. Take a guess. All right. Now, you know what? I'm just going to tell you because okay. the guessing will be sad. Okay. Over the last. Uh, well, the answer is sad. Over the last 288 regular season games. Dear God. The Browns have lost 200 of them. Jeez. Dude, that's bad. That's bad. I was going to say, well, I mean, yeah, 200 probably makes sense. That does. So the draft being tonight, Mitch Trubisky being a kid out of Menor, I right hear, and he kind of wants this job. Of course he does, dude. You get to be a quarterback and you get to sell Roman burgers. Dude, why wouldn't you want this job? So they asked him, what's it mean to be a Browns fan? Because he's, you know, local. Right. He says, loyalty, he said, up or down. Whether it was a good season or a bad season, the next season is going to be the best one. Whether it was a good season or a bad season, they're all bad, Mitch. I don't know what good seasons you're talking about, but okay. Since 1999, the list of starting quarterbacks we all know is super depressing. Couch, Detmer, Peterson, Spurgeon Wynn, Kelly Holcomb, Jeff Garcia, Luke McCown, Trent Dilfer, Charlie Fry, Derek Anderson, Brady Quinn, Ken Dorsey, Bruce Gradkowski, Colt McCoy, Jake DeHolm, Seneca Wallace, Brandon Wheaton, Thad Lewis, Jason Campbell, Brian Hoyer, Johnny Manziel, Connor Shaw, Josh McGon, Josh McCown, Austin Davis, Robert Griffin III, and Cody Cup. Dear God, I had to breathe like four times to get through that list. Dude, they're an S show. <laughs> I mean, dude, they're just bad. And I mean, obviously, you know, Mitch Trubisky, considerably younger than me, I would assume by at least a decade, was not alive for the Kozar run. So right, so he's known nothing but terrible, terrible Browns right. football. 
He says, I was a Derek Anderson fan, Trubisky said. Oh, God. I mean, I know Derek Anderson went to the playoffs that year, but come on. Nobody, and I mean nobody, was a Derek Anderson fan. Like, oh, yeah, it's my guy right there, D.A. What? I knew Derek personally. A buddy of mine had really strong ties with offensive linemen at for the Browns because he would tattoo all of them. And he owned a couple of tattoo shops. And so, like, a lot of the Browns players would hang out. And he was really good friends with, like, one of the offensive linemen. And so every now and again, we would find ourselves out with Browns players. And so I've met Derek Anderson a couple of times. And believe me, even with hanging out with him, you kind of knew. It's like, yeah, dude, you could be a journeyman in this league. You're not, like, a star quarterback in the league. You could see it even just, like, talking to him. A big Derek Anderson fan. God, how sad of a life the is that? The pride of Oregon State. How sad of a life is that? You wake up in the morning, you've got your orange and brown comforter, and you look up, and there's a Derek Anderson fathead on your wall. Sounds like the worst existence of a, f- a football fan could ever have. He says, I don't care if I get picked first or last, Trubisky says. but uh, He says, before laughing, well, not last. I don't want to be last. Nobody wants to be last. No, I mean, no, no. in anything, nobody would want to be last. So the rumor is now, and I don't know if it's smokescreen or not, I don't know. I'm not tied into Bria that way. That what they want to do is take Garrett at one, trade picks, and move back up in the top ten to take Trubisky. I just here's the thing. If Mitch if Mitch Trubisky ends up in a Browns uniform, I guess I can't necessarily hate it. I don't know he's not gonna be good, okay? But I don't understand moving back up in the top 10 for him. Like, there's not, like, he doesn't jump off the TV like, we better get this kid. And if you're willing to jump back up in the top 10 to get him, just take him at one. Take him at one. He's, if, if, if you're willing to trade your 12 and other picks to get back up into what would have to be number five, we talked about this yesterday because the Jets are sitting at number six and they're probably going to take a quarterback. If, if, you, if you're that confident in him that he's worth all of that at the number five, then he's worth all of it at number, number one, one. And you don't have to make any moves. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I feel like this has to be a little bit of smokescreen. I feel like it's almost, it, it, you, you, you would totally, it's, it, if you believe he's worth all that, he's a, a long term fix at the quarterback position, which obviously would be worth number one. I don't buy it. I watched a ton of draft analysis shows yesterday. All right? They weren't talking about a slew of other teams trying to jump back up in the top ten to take quarterbacks. Right. They were talking about the Cleveland Browns trying to do it. If you're the only person trying to do that, I worry about you. I I worry that that we're going to get duped again. And like we're not going to be great this year, and it looks like the crop of quarterbacks coming out next year are better. Now I know it sounds awful after coming off what a one-win season or whatever mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. to be like, well, we'll wait another one. But if Sam Darnold out of USC can fix it, then you wait the year. Now there's no guarantee you get him, right? No guarantee you get him. I know that, but everybody has said the same thing about Deshaun Kaiser, Deshaun Watson, and Mitch Trubisky is. These aren't first-year starters. They're all projects. And listening to Greg Cosell, who works for NFL Films yesterday, he says the problem with Trubisky is he doesn't have the arm. He says if he really has to get into it, he could maybe make the throw. He says, but he's got to lock his leg before he throws. That's not an NFL motion. And he says, dude, he goes, and he starts showing his touchdown passes last year. He goes, in the NFL, that's a pick. He's like, that's the wrong throw. He made the wrong throw. In the NFL, that's a pick. He's like, you can't look at his touchdown. So, I no, I don't know, but Greg Cosell knows more about that than I do. 
And he was like, I'm warning people about Trubisky. I don't know. I don't see it. I think it's a pretty safe assumption that with the number 12 pick, you can still get an instant impact guy. You don't have to get somebody who is going to be a a project. You can get somebody who's going to automatically come in and and be able to positively impact the game, whether it's defense or offense, probably going to be defense. So I just feel like if you're not, if you're not a certified hit, you're not a first round pick. It's frustrating because what I'm going to tell the Browns to do and what I want the Browns to do is to pick two guys who aren't going to be playmakers, who aren't going to be scorers, who aren't going to really win us football games. But I feel like the Browns need to go defense 1 and 12, dude. I feel like it's safe. Got a new defensive coordinator. And it's 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 where you build. I mean, I kind of like Garrett at 1, Watson at 12, but I can't hate what you're talking about because here's the thing. I think Watson may actually go to the Jets. So he may not be there at 12. So, and with that being said, Trubisky probably would be there at 12. Uh, you've got you've got options there. You don't have to make a, a brash move. I hope they st- I hope they stay where they are. I hope it's like all right, we have our cards. We're playing our cards this way, and whatever happens from here, I don't want him to get into that desperation mode of like, oh my god, got to trade up, got to get Trubisky, got to do it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like anybody's el- anybody else is feverishly trying to get him. San Francisco's kind of lost a quarterback too. They got Brian Hoyer. And they're not desperately trying to get Trubisky. So what are we doing? You know, our buddy Dustin who listens hates the sacks. Yeah, the bird killer. (laughs) The bird killer hates the sacks. And he says, today's the beginning of the end of the sacks. Believe Lynn. Okay, so you've been looking for the end of the sacks, Dustin, for the Cleveland Browns conversation. I'm going to give it to you right here. All right? I'm going to tell you when it's going to end. So the stat is... Over the last 288 games, they've lost 200 games. Okay? When the Browns win 200 games, (laughs) I'll end the sacks. They have to win 200 games. Spoiler, I'll be dead. I hope it works out for him, dude. I want I want to switch my attitude with the Browns. I, I want nothing I more do. than, dude, are you but kidding I me? I broadcast from the city that has the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I want football to be good on a professional level more than anybody else in this state. So I have something positive to talk about all goddamn winter. But, dude, I'm just telling you, I worry it's Haslam. I really do worry it's Haslam now. And I'm, I know you don't want to hear this, but I'm worried that that this is going to turn into another one win, two win, three win season. Your boy, your boy Hugh, out the door. Jimmy Haslam just trying to keep play too many cards. I like Hugh. It's I do. Be bad. I might be wrong on Hugh, but I like him. But I worry Haslam's a little too much stir in the pot in there. And again, our buddy who wants the sacks to end is the one that pointed it out to me. You know, their scoreboard in the stadium is in the shape of Tennessee. I feel like that guy's mind is in the wrong place. Ugh. We're obviously going to get into the draft a couple of times today. A couple of different stories about it. I just, fingers crossed all day, right? It's just, honestly, last night while I was sitting on my couch, I was like, I just want it over so I can start complaining about it. <laughs> More stands by Joe right around the corner. Hang on. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 106.9, online, WRQK.com. 
710 is when you get hooked up with $1,000 with Rock 1069's Workday Double Pay. We'll give you your next keyword. Bud writes in says, based off of what you're saying, it sounds like you're just reading what the analysts say about Trubisky and Garrett. It says, Garrett is so overhyped. Dude is fast, but that's all. His rush moves run so far outside the tackle that it would make a huge hole for a back to get a big run. His arm mechanics are flawed, meaning he can't fight the tackle with his arms, much like Bosa and Watt does. He takes plays off, doesn't have a high motor. I want Trubisky or Adams at one. Okay. Okay. Look, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying Mitch Trubisky, what, started eight games? And it was at North Carolina, couldn't win the job the year before. And look at the record. Like, he didn't win. Like, they were like eight and five. Like, they say a good quarterback that goes through an average program will increase wins because you just naturally by being good. Look, look, look at what Big Ben did at Miami. He won. Like, Mitch didn't win. I, I Look, I'm not knocking the kid. I, I'm definitely not going to knock a local kid. I have no idea if he's going to be a pro quarterback or not. No idea. But he doesn't look like it right now, and the talent doesn't leap off the TV at number one. Like, Miles Garrett, whether he, whether he takes plays off, and I know, what's his name, called him lazy. Warren Sapp called him lazy, which that's crazy, right? But Miles Garrett's talent and body, he looks like an NFL guy. And, like, it's all a gamble. None of it's for sure. So if I'm going to gamble, I'm going to gamble on the kid that looks like an NFL body. I mean, obviously, you're going to you're gonna have to hedge your bets there. You're going to have to kind of, you know, when everything's a question mark, you do kind of have to play the odds there. Um, all right. So who's the guy that wrote in? I'm sorry. His name's Bud. Bud. Um, Bud, I, I, I guess I'll take some points there on Miles Garrett. And you obviously are paying more attention to the X's and O's than I feel like either Dan or I are. Um, but make the case for Mitch Trubisky. You know what I'm saying? Okay, well, you made a case against Miles Garrett. All right, fair. cool. Make a, make a case for Mitch Trubisky. I'd That's like a to, fair. I'd like to hear it as the morning goes on. That's fair. Maybe he'll write back in and do that. Yeah, uh, do that Canton man. firefighters were battling a blaze overnight, um, it, which apparently left 700 residents without power. Yeah. Uh, I'm reading now from CantonRep.com. Uh, City firefighters are battling a blaze Wednesday night. At the Canton Hardwood Sales, 1416 8th Street Northwest, as around 11 p.m., uh, the fire uh, fires were at the scene. The call came in around 1030. They were still battling it after midnight. The last update I have is around 130 in the morning. And they say 700 customers in the area were uh, have lost power. They say that may have been a controlled shutdown for safety reasons, though. Uh, scanner traffic just before power was lost indicated an AEP crew was on the scene. AEP's website is estimating power will be restored sometime this morning. 700 people without power, though. That's a lot. Yeah, obviously a, uh, a pretty inconvenient for a lot of people. It sounds like a controlled shutdown, though. Um, which is, you know, obviously going to be the right call when it comes to something like that, where you don't, you don't want to put people at risk or anything. I um I I just wonder, they said it was a, a like, a, essentially a lumberyard, or? It, hardwood sales is what it's called. I don't know exactly what it is. So I'm going to assume that there was a lot, a lot of, of wood, wood there, and right. I would just imagine that even if they have the fire out right now, they have have to still have people out there just you don't want something to flare back up you know what yeah. i mean you don't know where hot spots are so I, I dude hats off to the campfire department as usual thanks for doing your job guys yeah, no, appreciate I, you I, no i like that one a lot i like that one a lot i'm reading this story and i i don't understand from where people get this strength All right. like i can't for the life of me figure this out right. and there's a family in springfield missouri that are honestly are better human beings than i am 
their family member, Michael Greenwood, had been killed in a car accident back in 1999. The guy who had struck him was Kenneth Williams. Kenneth Williams was able to strike him and get in that car accident and kill him because he had broken out of prison where he was serving a life sentence for killing a cheerleader. Oh. He had also oh. killed a guy named Cecil Boren while on the run. I don't know if there's ever any like better way to have a loved one murdered or killed in an no. accident like that, but this, That's a bad that, one. that feels really bad. That feels like especially yeah, bad. That right. feels really bad. So to reframe this, guy breaks out of prison uh-huh. and gets into a traffic accident and kills this guy named Michael Greenwood Ugh. back in 1999. So now, and we... We talk about the death penalty a lot. Fantine, uh, you know, Fantone's, uh, you know, anti-death penalty, and I'm kind of like in the middle. I'm just, you know, com- I just, you know, it's probably not ultimately right. Ultimately, I, I-, I can only care about so much. And so they're going to execute this guy. And the family of the victim is buying plane tickets for the killer's daughter and granddaughter to be able to go see him before he gets executed. They say they have forgiven the family and they don't want to rob them of the opportunity of seeing their family member before he goes the way they were robbed of that. That's admirable. But from where do you summon that? From where? Like I just like I, I like I'm probably a better person in my life than maybe I come off on the radio. I think I think that's probably true. I think I'm a better person than maybe you know some of you than a casual listener may know. But I don't have that in me. I, I, to forgive somebody on that level, to come out of your pocket financially to help the family members of the person who killed your family member, son, daughter, I don't know about that. I, you know, obviously, this would be a very tough decision for a family to make, but I'm going to have to assume that a, at least a part of that puzzle is that it's been a decent amount of time since they lost their loved one. And with, okay. with some, with some, you know, uh, with some time, you have a little bit of time to heal, a little bit of time to reflect, a little bit of time to, you know, kind of think differently about it. I'm sure if this was, you know, a year out from when this happened, it'd probably be different. Um, you don't know. I don't know what this family's financial status is. If they're pretty well off and this isn't that big of a deal, you know what I mean? Like, okay. And, and, and third, I guess a part of it is going to be like. Where does this family get their morals from? And by that is like, are they a heavily religious family? Is this one of those, you know, does does that, you know, play a factor in in their decision here? Yeah, I mean, I I would imagine it's from a place of faith, I I would think. I don't know that to be true, but I I, but I could I could see that being the case. Apparently, this guy, Kenneth Williams, has a 21-year-old daughter who he has not seen for 17 years, and then she has a three-year-old daughter, that being his granddaughter, who he's never met, and the family feels like that's not right, so they're buying plane tickets for both so they can go see him. I, I just, I, like, like I said, I'm not knocking the family. Is this, is this really what's, like, who's this best for? Is this really best for the daughter? And the granddaughter is this best for the family of the victim? Is this best for the murderer for the for this guy that that, that killed this the, the, this victim? I don't know because like if you haven't seen this if you haven't seen your dad in seventeen years and you really probably don't have much of a memory of him is I don't know if it's going to necessarily be healthy or productive for this girl for this daughter to go see her dad on death row. 
it's all a decision you have to make there. Yeah, I, I don't know what I would do. And, and the problem is, is that you can't know until you've made a decision. Um, this is very different, but but in a similar vein, since both people ended up being dead. My mom called me the night my dad died and said, we're at the Cleveland Clinic. You need to come meet us here. Okay. So I go down there and he had passed by the time I got there. And so I'm walking through the doors of the hospital and sure enough, you see your fan friends and family and everybody's crying. Everybody's running at you to hug you. And the guy, the doctor said to me, would you like to see him? And not knowing what to do in the moment. And I thought I would regret it. Had I not done it? I said, Yes. And they took me back there. They opened like the, the two, you know, huge doors and they sound terrible. You're paying attention to everything at that moment. And they sound terrible and they flung the doors open. And there he was laying on like the slab and they pulled the sheet back like they do on TV. And I wish I wouldn't have done that. Like now, but I didn't know that until then. And I didn't want to be sitting here 15 years later going, right. you know what? I should have went and did it. Right. I didn't know I was going to regret that decision until the decision has been made. And I feel like this young woman might be in the same situation. From where that family gets that power to be able to do that, I don't know. But I admire the hell out of it because, like I said, I'm probably a better person than most people know. But I, there's no way, no way I could have done that. Gary Ann Conley says he has video proof that he did not sexually assault that woman in Cleveland. We'll examine that next on The Sansbury Show. On Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. You're minutes away now from getting hooked up with $1,000 with Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay. We'll give you your next keyword. You text in. You have $1,000 just before the weekend. That's not bad. That's no, good. that's great. You can make a bunch of bad decisions with 1000 bucks over the weekend. Be good times. You can also mail it back to me. I'll spend it for you if you want. You probably won't. No. But you're allowed to do that. There's no rule that says you're not allowed to give me the money back. Okay. Just, you know, in case case somebody out there feels like being nice. So we all learned the name. Gary and Conley, cornerback from The Ohio State University, and we found out yesterday, played at Maslin, was entering the NFL draft. I was told... Via the television yesterday, Chris Carter claims he was at the draft. NFL reached out, said, you know what? Go home. Get out. See you later. We don't want you, uh, you know, interrupting our television show. We don't want our television show to be all about you. Which obviously the NFL, I mean. That's their right. Right. Because here's the thing. People are going to say, that's not fair that they threw him out until they know if he's guilty or not. Doesn't matter. The the people are going to sit on their couch and are going to judge the NFL for letting the kid be there before the resolution of the thing. It's not the NFL doing it. It's us doing it. It's us pretending that we care about things more than we do. And so we're going to get all up on our high horses about it, and the NFL doesn't want to deal with it, so they're just going to send the kid home to avoid it. And he's probably going to slip down and probably move into the second round of the draft versus the first. And I don't know who's right here. I don't know who's telling the truth. But Gary and Conley claims he has video proof that discredits what this woman is saying. And I've seen some of this. And what it is, is that you can see her. She had claimed that she did not meet him until they were in the elevator at the Westin, which is the hotel after the bar. She also claimed that she didn't know he was an athlete. Okay. Well, you can see her in the video at the club. He has his arm around her. You can see her. And I don't buy the I didn't know who he was story because whether he told you or not, one of the guys hanging out with him was like, yo, you know who my boy is? My boy's about to go in the first round because that's what the hanger-ons do. 
Believe me, I've got buddies who do that. I know what the hanger-ons do. That's what they do. They're trying to cash in on a little bit of that. Okay? And so I don't necessarily buy that end of the story that she didn't know he was an athlete. Now, that doesn't automatically make her an opportunistic woman who's looking to, to like steal money from this kid. doesn't automatically make her that. But the fact that her story seems inconsistent is starting to be a little bit of a head-scratcher for me. Because you claimed you didn't meet him until one point in the evening, but there you are in a photo with him hours before that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, any time that you know you start to uh, undermine someone's credibility, it's going to start to well. What else were you unclear about? What else did you you know either were you confused about or lie about or whatever the case might be? So yeah, I mean, obviously, the more the more the more that he has on his side of like, hey, this is she's she was wrong about this that you know and all these other things, then uh, you know it, it, it leads credibility to his. Our uh, credibility yeah, to his a side. good lawyer is going to help you know you know unwind that thread there. But now just. Just because she was confused, lied, or inaccurate about something she said earlier in the night doesn't necessarily mean that what she said about the sexual assault didn't happen. No, no, that's true. It, it doesn't automatically mean that either. Um, now, if you don't remember the story, apparently he had asked her to have like group sex with another couple in the room. That seems to be all the rage with these athletes now. Remember, yeah, Derek Rose was yeah. like, "Hey, bang all my buddies too," and yeah. like, like that whole thing. I don't know. It seems to be like the new trend and, in, in in like athlete sex. And I guess, I mean, honestly, once it's probably not new. Well, yeah, once you reach a certain level of like, I've had sex with so many people that it's like, all right, well, I got to keep things spicy here. Got to keep going up the but, ladder. It's like but, any other addiction. But I mean, and I guess you really have to look at this from the perspective of somebody who has has a lot to lose is that like when you start adding more people into the equation that's when things become more complicated and that's when more, more stories come out right 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 more right people looking to you know extort you for the money here's now i don't want to say i feel bad for this kid because if he ends up being guilty then i'm on record saying i feel bad for right. you know somebody who you know committed sexual assault but what i will say is if it comes out that her story is completely false he is kind of screwed because there's no recourse oh yeah i mean you can't recreate tonight you know what I mean? Like, right. Like, he's going to miss out on millions of dollars. And if now look, that's deserved if he did what she claims he did. But if he didn't, he's got no recourse. He can't go. She doesn't have any money. It's not like he can go to her. I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe her family might. I don't know who she is or this and that. But at the end of the day, she probably doesn't. I feel all right saying she probably doesn't have athlete money. No. And so, like, at the end of the day, like, he can't sue her to get this money back, this earnings back. He can't do it. And these contracts now are slotted. So, like, until that second deal, he can't make money. And, like, I now look, it's still more money than you or I make. And so I know you're sitting there in your car going, I'm not crying for a kid that's going to make $2 million a year. Well, when he could have made twelve. Yeah, yeah. That's, I, I mean, there, there's something to it. You know, I um, I, I I've seen his lawyer make the statement of you know, there's nothing in this kid's past to necessarily indicate that or to. to yeah, there's a first time for everything, though. right? Of course, but I mean, the fact that this was a masculine kid and a couple of people I know, and in a, granted, it's just a couple of people I know had you know been like, ah, dude, he was a pretty good kid. Now that doesn't that that doesn't mean anything, but it's another one of those things where it's like, well. You've got so much, so many different conflicting stories. I guess it's just where, where do you find the truth in all of this? Brandon, right? Uh, yeah, Brandon writes in and says that's BS. He and his lawyer said they made the decision not to go to the draft. Right, 
because they want to control the narrative. They don't yeah. want it to look like the NFL thinks he's guilty and sent him home. You're believing what the lawyer told you, which is false. I know the lawyers reached out to all 32 NFL teams, and I'm sure a bunch of those teams still are frantically this morning looking for as much fact as they can in Albert this story. Albert Breer last night at like 9 o'clock was like, teams are feverishly on the phone trying to figure out what's happening with this because they think he's a first-round talent. And so they know teams. certain teams are going to just take him off the board because he's been accused. He, he's coming off of certain teams' boards just for that, which, you know, how you run your organization is how you run your organization. I'm not going to judge. But, uh, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah, there are people who think that this is being set up. But I'm telling you right now, the NFL sent the kid home because they didn't want the two-day story all over the TV to be that you allowed a sexual assault you know, right. A, a, right. Person, a rapist, rapist right. sitting there with a camera on him for two days. The lawyer didn't make that decision. It only helps him to be at the draft. The NFL sent the kid home. I, I trust Chris Carter on that one. We'll be right back with more Sandsbury Show after you get this $1,000 now. On Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online, WRQK.com. That is where you can see Sophia Vergara struggle to ride an aquatic bull. <coughs> also up there, and I haven't been able to watch this yet. Fantomas have just posted this during the break. LeBron, uh, LeBron rather. Revealing one money habit from when he was poor? I bet that's interesting. Yeah, LeBron, uh, obviously, well, he started at the bottom, now he's here. And, uh, sorry, buddy, get that out of you. Get that out. (laughs) No, I swallowed a little Raisin Bran the wrong way there. No, dude, (laughs) Raisin Bran down the wrong pipe. But no, the money habit that LeBron has kept from when he was poor and to when he was rich, said he learned it from his uncle, and you can check it out at WRQK.com. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. I'm very interested to find out what that is. I always say about uh, LeBron, you can... You can study what he does off the court and apply it to your life and uh, become more successful doing it. Asking you shall receive. Fantone had asked a listener who wrote in earlier knocking Miles Garrett to make a case for Trubisky. Okay. And Bud has done it. Nice. Says Fantone, Trubisky has all the skill sets that I feel are not teachable. His accuracy is on point. His arm mechanics are pretty on point. The ball never goes below his hips. Giving a quick release, he doesn't stare down receivers. He normally goes through his reads pretty quick. He has uh, he has worked with his leg mechanics, and I'm not sure if he can read an NFL defense fast enough, but that's all teachable. i got to go to work now. Thanks for reading. Well, bud, I appreciate that. But what I will tell you is you your first pro Trubisky point is his accuracy is on point. And Greg Cosell, who has been evaluating NFL film for 30 years at NFL Films, says that accuracy is Mitchell Trubisky's number one detriment. He showed seven touchdowns on TV yesterday and said these look like good plays because they resulted in a touchdown. He says at the pro level, all of these balls get picked because he made the wrong throw. He said, And he starts to show you, he's like, this should still be the receiver, but the ball should be placed over here to be caught here versus here. He said in the pros, defensive backs are going to eat him alive over that. No. Now, I don't know that to be true, but that's Greg Cosell, who has worked closely at NFL Films for 30 years, and I'm going to... I'm. Gonna listen to what he has to say. I don't know if I believe it, but I'm gonna listen to it. The uh, you know the difference in talent between the college game and the professional game is just there's a world of, a, a world a world of difference in there. Yeah. Um, but I, I think Bud makes some decent points there. I don't know if I necessarily sign him off as a number one, but like yeah, I think there there are there are there are valid points to why Mitch Trubisky should be in the orange and brown next year. I just don't know if he sold me at one yet. Again, I am not anti it. 
I wouldn't take him at number one. But if Mitch Trubisky ends up in a Cleveland Browns jersey next year, I can't necessarily hate it the way I hated like Manziel or the, the way I hate the idea of Osweiler, who we've seen now a couple of different places. Can't do it. Can't do it. So, Trubisky ends up being the guy. Can't necessarily not. Um, if Trubisky ends up being the guy, the only issue is is that he's not going to end up being the guy next year. He's not going to, or he shouldn't end up being the guy in the sense that he should not be counted on to go out there and play games you, and win. The chance from the stands will be Mitch, 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 and they're going to put him in. They're going to put him in. Bad decision. It is. It's an awful decision. But welcome to pro sports these days where the fans control everything. Teams listen to Twitter. They listen to message boards. They listen to what comes out of the stands. It shouldn't be that way, but they do. It's crazy, but they do. There's going to be so many Roman burgers sold, dude. Just Roman burgers for everybody. I want that endorsement. I know you do. Work there in high school. Believe strongly in the product. I want it. Give them, give them a shot right now. Let them, let them hear one. Well, let me tell you, dude. The Roman burger really is <laughs> the best fast food sandwich there is. Quick service. Let's call it that. It really is. And again, I recommend you hold the cheese cup off. Don't put it on those fries. That's where, that's where ketchup goes. You dip that Roman in that cheese cup and things get better. Trust me. You do trust the guy who needed to like buy new pants last week. <laughs> you know what I mean? You trust that guy. All right. We try not to judge sex here on the Stansbury Show, right? As right. long as you're you know, both over the age of 18 and you want to sleep together, do it. I don't care. Same sex, you know, opposite sex. Dude, sleep with whoever you want. Yeah, seven people in the room, whatever. It's your decision. I try not to judge. I try not to play moral authority because I have no idea what it is all of you are doing at home when you take your underwear off. You and, know what I mean? I don't know. And I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, I don't care. I genuinely I don't, don't care. care what kind of gross things you're into and what you've got going on behind those doors because I don't have to see it and I don't care. I um for me it's like I care on the level of like well I may not want to do it but I'm interested tell me more right. about that intrigued like, yeah sure. I'm intrigued yeah yeah so there's a couple in Austin Texas that are doing something still in today's day and age is still a little unconventional it okay. happens more now than maybe in my parents generation but it's a little still a little unconventional and a couple is married Christina and Benno Kaiser. They've been married, Phantom, 12 years, okay? And they're in an open relationship with a young woman, 21-year-old Sierra Kuntz. So what they're going to do here is one, they're going to divorce Christina and Benno. So one of them then can marry the mistress so she can have legal rights to the children. Oh. See what I'm saying there? Making her like an official stepmom. Because, e- right, even if you you get divorced, you still have rights to your kids because they're your kids. Yeah, of course. So now they're going. one of them's going to marry the other one, so then she can have legal rights to the kids, which I guess means, you know, financial things, medical things, uh-huh. those kinds of things. I, now, I, I wasn't aware. Do, like, stepmoms, do they, they have that kind of ability? Yeah. I still thought you had to call the parents. Um, I think, depending, I don't know. depending on kind of how you set it all up, and I think that's a big part of all this is, is, is like, I, at first I'm like, oh, well, the divorce will be so complicated. Not if they just agree to everything and move quickly through it. And you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, this isn't we're trying to separate. We're trying to figure out how to work somebody new in. <sighs> Yeah, and I guess, I mean, I, I don't know why I would have an issue with this. There's a part of me that's like, well, they're kind of scamming the system by getting these kids an extra parent, but it's like, 
what do I care? Like, what difference does that matter does to that me? Make? Right. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, the husband says, Christina and I decided this was something that needed to be done in order for Sierra to understand the depth of how much we love her and want her to be part of our family. The couple has yet to decide who will marry her. Uh, a move uh, the pair believes will show her the tri relationship is not temporary. The Austin couple met Koontz at a pet store after several dates began to strengthen what they call their tri-relationship. See, the world's just getting complicated, man. Like, there's so yeah. many terms and what yeah. to call relationships and people and what we classify, and it's just getting complicated, man. I just, I, I just don't get it. Now, obviously, like swingers and people involved in like complex relationships like that aren't new. I mean, it's not a new no. thing, but the fact that it's so. Well, here's what we're doing, and we're going to do it legally, and it's going to happen, and I'm now this person's going to have custody of my children. I feel like all that's kind of a, a, a recent development. I've been in an open relationship in the sense that when I'm not with you and you're not with me, I don't care what you do. Just don't let it show up at my doorstep. I don't want to have to see it, deal with it, or whatever. And like we kind of respected each other's wishes that way. We understood. It's like, eh, we're both kind of whores at this point in our life. We're not going to be able to do this, but we like one another. So let's just be together when we're together, and when we're not, we're not. Right. And it ended sloppy, as all those things always yeah, will. Course. That totally ended sloppy. Um, but they, you know, they do have three children, ages six, seven, and 11. And again, I'm not going to judge you. Okay. But I've always, the way swingers has always been sold to me is, is that, and, and probably unfairly, is that a lot of times you kind of want to hide that, you know, life decision because it can negatively affect your work and your friends and like this kind of stuff. And that's unfair for you. I totally, you know, totally get that. But the point being is, is that you probably didn't tell your kids, hey, mom and dad are swinging from the rafters with the couple next door. And now you're going to divorce. One of you is going to marry this woman. You're all going to be living in this house together. Your children are aware of this. Now, that's fine if that's what you want to do. I, I guess really, and maybe this is a little bit on us and maybe a little bit on society here, is that like we're starting to kind of muddle the terms there of like, well, this wasn't swingers. You know what I mean? Like this wasn't them just out there banging it out because having sex is fun. This is them being in a committed relationship with another person. You know, and, and I think there's got to be at least some difference there where where it's, it's not the same as like a key party. You know what I mean? It's not just like everybody just like, you know, all fr- fuzzy with gold chains banging it out in yeah this is in the style. 70s well right right, right. so the, the 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 stereotype of swingers to me it's different than what this situation is it, yeah the stereotype is a little different i just again and i don't even have kids so i don't know why i'm concerned about their three children normally it's when you have kids you're like well what about their kids but like there is part of me that's like I don't know. I, I don't want to call it unhealthy because I don't know that it is. Well, but I mean, but it's definitely, I mean, it's different. It's different for sure. But I mean, is it any less healthy than you cheating on your spouse or you divorcing again, your spouse you, or like, are you, again, are you coming home and being like, yo, dude, I just totally railed this other chick oh, behind your mom's back. Shh, don't tell her. Well, when the divorce happens and you're, and, and you guys are screaming in front of the kids and she's screaming about, you know, yeah, well, what about your slutty secretary? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, again, like I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to make a judgment here. I'm trying to wade through. It trying to get it figured out. The husband says, like, this lifestyle, obviously not for everybody, that there are a lot of people who are in monogamous relationships and happy with being with just one person. That's fine. He says, but don't judge me. So take a look at our lives, see the benefit of it. He says, I couldn't imagine my life any other way. And yet he doesn't tell me what the benefit of it is. 
having sex with two chicks. Well, right. I mean, I get what it is for her <laughs> and I'm um, or for him. And obviously, the wife obviously likes sex with women too, and that's perfectly okay. We, I, I fully, I'm not going to tell women not to sleep with women. Obviously, as I'm constantly begging a couple of them to do it together. So, like, no, I'm not going to tell them not to do that. Well, and I mean, I'm sure there is. I mean, at the end of the day, to me, it sounds like more headache than it's worth. Like, it'd be like, oh my god, but like, it, it sounds nightmarish to uh, me. I'm, I'm sure there are like real benefits to having another person there, where it's like if if you're unavailable to your partner, you know your partner still has well, with somebody three to count kids, on. Kids, it's like baseball exactly. and soccer and hockey and like uh, whatever the kids are doing. A third income sounds pretty good there, right? If you could add a third income into your relationship, oh my god, right? I never even thought of that. I mean, those those are all, those are all beneficial things. I mean, somebody else to help out around the house. Somebody, you know, there, there's a million different reasons. Now I don't know this to be true, but David tweets and he's bringing up a good point. He's like, I feel like this could all be taken care of by a good power of attorney, right? Can't you give people rights like that through a power of attorney? I don't know. I, 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 I'm I not a know. lawyer. I don't know. I don't know about that. Man, the family dynamic is changing. It just is changing. And I'm not going to say for the worse or for the better or whatever it is, but the world is different. And, you know, I, I, I have always said I'm not against multi-partner sex. Obviously, I've had threesomes. I've done the thing. So, like, I'm, I can't knock it. But I've always said that, and I don't plan to marry, but if I did, like, I would... I think I think I would prefer my wife and I to be committed to only one another. I think I am a little conventional that way once I get married. But like I mean I'm not even in a girlfriend relationship right now. I'm seeing a couple of women loosely, but if they wanted to if one of them wanted to say hey, my best friend kind of wants to join us in bed, I'm totally saying yes to that. So I can't necessarily knock this family. It's the kid thing does make it a little it causes me to pause. But again, I'm not going to say, you're going to screw your kids up. Because, I mean, dude, people in monogamous relationships screw kids up every single day. So it's not like that would be solely on them. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hang on. On Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. Rock 106.9. We're passing out $1,000 every hour, every weekday from 6 o'clock in the morning till 9 o'clock at night with Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay. Your next keyword, just a few minutes away from right now. Still to come, and I haven't talked about this yet because I didn't want Fantone to be all annoying all day. All right. But at 930, all right. I have to give credit and talk about how awesome a WWE superstar is. Yes. I have to talk about how awesome somebody very closely tied to the WWE is as he did something yesterday that I wish I could do. Spoiler alert, it's wearing George. John Cena, you're the man. It is not Cena and George. Damn it. It is not Cena's George. Son of a bitch. It is not. But a uh, but a, so like I said, somebody very closely tied to the WWE did something yesterday that I would give up, I don't know, a lot of things in my life I would give up to be able to do. Okay. He was able to do it. And? And I got to give him credit. All right. 930, we'll 930 do it. 930 it is. So the news hit yesterday, ESPN laid off 100 people yesterday. Now, this is the first round of these. Like, this is going to continue to happen. And I saw people all over the news yesterday talking how, you know, all over Twitter and Facebook yesterday talking about how sad it is. And it, look, I'm not going to root for anybody to lose their job, but I work in media I, and I understand how these companies do this and like how often they do it, when they do it, why they do it. And all of these things. 
So I heard Ed Werder lost his job, and I was like, wow. I was like, man, Ed's really good at what he does. Like, that seems strange to have lost Ed Werder. Like, that seems strange. If you're going to keep the business and you're going to keep people talking football, it seems crazy that you would get rid of a guy who's really, really good at it. I also heard Jay Crawford got let go. Now, Jay's got Ohio ties, being an Ohio guy, and I like Jay, and he's all right. Right? So I was like, all right, well, that one's kind of crazy. But I'm looking through this list, Fantone, and it's littered with people that I've never heard of. So isn't that part of the reason why they got let go? And not because ESPN's like the corporate giant that sucks, but it's because, like, well, dude, if I don't know who any of you people are. I think there's a lot of reasons a lot of these people got let go, and it's a perfect storm of a lot of things. Number one, obviously, a lot of people have to be employed by a television network, well more than a radio station. So when when, when the times call for reduction in force, there's going to be a lot of fat to cut. You know, when you've got 800 guys that are just working on, you know, the cameras alone, there's going to be a lot of areas there where it's like, yeah, dude, we're going to have to lose some some bodies here. We're going to have to lose. And then you got to think ESPN is so specialized in the sense of every sport has their own show. Every every show has their own like specialty. Every guy on that show has his own thing. So it's like, dude, there's going to be a lot of fat. There's going to be a lot of extra. Most of these people who have been fired have, were, were written talent. These were all journalists. Okay. And uh, I mean... Right. Well, in 2017, like, do you really need like, like they have like a Houston's like a Houston Rockets team reporter got let go. Do you still need all team reporters? Probably not. Uh, you at least have to you have to you have to give the appearance that every team is being taken care of. But does that necessarily call for a beat reporter for every team or a, 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 a you know something like that for every team? No, it doesn't necessarily. Um, a part of ESPN's you know new growth has to have been their online you know website, their social media accounts, their 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 online brand. Um, but you just don't need as many bodies as you used to for quote-unquote journalism. You just don't. Radio host Danny Cannell lost his job at ESPN. He says, I poured my heart and soul into ESPN for the last eight years, moved my wife and kids to Connecticut to go all in five years ago, bummed it ended in three minutes. Like, here's the thing. I like Ryan Rosilio. Danny Cannell always annoyed the hell hell out of me on that show didn't end in three minutes ended in eight years by the way right i mean you can say that all oh, was all over in three minutes but it was all over in eight it years was all there. over eight and years. like i don't know i have a hard time feeling bad for you of like dude yeah you, you, you had your opportunity to chase your dreams sorry it didn't turn out the way that it did but that's life man Eight years in a media company is a long time. I've never worked at a media company for eight years it I, is I, a long I, dude in radio that. people will tell you these are three-year jobs right Work three years, do your three-year bid. It's like jail. Do your three-year bid and then go on to the next one. There are, of course, exceptions to that rule. Lanigan was on in Cleveland of forever, so. yeah. right? There are exceptions to rules. But more often than not, you do your honestly, you're a hired gun. Go in there, get the ratings, get the revenue up, and then they find somewhere else for you to go do that. That's I mean, exactly what this is. Essentially, an eight-year run at ESPN is double the average run in the NFL. So I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad for dude that got cut from the if from I get Eight years out of Rock 1069. If I get another five years out of this radio station, I'll feel lucky to have done it. Lucky. 
to have done it. I'll honestly, if we get another two, I will feel lucky to have done it, knowing not the company, but the climate of the country. And like, and honestly, jobs in America. I will feel lucky to have done that. That's honestly my biggest thing every day is how do I live inside when Rock 106.9 eventually tells me they can't afford to keep me here anymore? Because that's going to happen, whether it be today, tomorrow, next year, year after, two years down the road. Eventually, I, like you, am going to lose my job at some point. And so, like, that's the whole thing is, like, what's next on the docket? Now, part of this, now, Colin Coward says he saw this coming, and it's one of the reasons why he left during his contract negotiation. They offered him a ton of money, and he was like, dude, this place is going down and going down fast. Let me off of it. And he went over to Fox Sports, and he's blaming this on their TV contracts. He says the NBA billion-dollar deal is totally what did this. They're trying to make up the money for spending a billion dollar on an NBA deal, and the ratings were abysmal all year. Now, I don't know that to be true, but I but it makes sense. You spend a billion dollars on something, don't make the money back. Sooner or later, you're going to find a way to make the money back. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's a big part of the equation. I think there's a million different factors here when you think about, I mean, how many more people have cut the cord recently? So I would assume that has to negatively impact ESPN's bottom dollar. I would have to assume that, you know, there's just the competition, like the fact that Fox Sports now does exist. FS1 is killer, And there's so many, you know, blogs and so many online. The big lead. Right, online avenues for you to get sports content where it's like, I I feel like they've just Those specialized blogs are so good now. The vertical is so good now. Like, they're all so good now. What once was... ESPN exclusively ran the roost when it came to sports. Like you had to go through ESPN. That's the only place you could get that information. It's just not the case anymore. So I think the NBA thing had a big part of it. Sure, I think, part. Oh, I think, I think, oh, you know, I think the, 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 the competition, I think cable cutting, I think a million different things have all, have all run into this. See, I don't necessarily buy the cord cutting. That's what ESPN wants people to believe is that it's cord cutting. But at the end of the day, people are still watching ESPN because people say, you know, people are watching ESPN, but they're watching it online. Well, yeah, but you still have to pay for the subscription. They don't give you that ESPN app's not free. It's free to download it. It's not free to use it. You still have to like have an ESPN subscription. You're still paying the company to use it. Oh. So cord cutting can't necessarily be the reason this is happening. I mean, uh, if cord cutting was the issue, people at the television companies would be losing their jobs, not at the networks. I, I think there's. I, I, It'd be the cable company who was letting people go. Like a big part of you know, I I check ESPN.com and not necessarily watch ESPN though. You you know what I'm saying? Like, so, I mean, it's not, I don't have to pay for that. No, but advertisers are paying for it. Like, advertise, there's online ads all over ESPN.com. Money's being spent to, for people to keep their eyes on ESPN. Cord cutting's not the reason. Cord cutting would be the reason why Time Warner or Spectrum or whoever the hell they're called right now, that they would let people go. It's not the reason why ESPN, that's what they want people to believe, is because at that point, guess why? Guess why ESPN wants you to think that? Because then it's your fault that Ed Werder got let go, not their fault for signing awful contracts. How much of this has to do with ESPN and their um, continued Continued effort to be more uh, politically correct, more a PC. Lot. I think a lot. I think I think there are th- I think there are agendas that have driven down ratings. But the uh, the unfortunate part, Fantone, when I look through this list of people, the people doing that and the people hosting those shows weren't the ones that got let go. It was Ed Werder, who isn't political, who never talked that kind of stuff and just gave you X's and O's and gave you what was happening with the players moving around the country for the last 17 years. He lost his job. But the people pushing that political agenda on ESPN, guess what? Their shows still run this afternoon.
So that's why it's like, do I think it's part of it? Yeah, but ESPN's not learning their lesson. And they want you to think it's cord cutting because then it's our fault Ed Werder's on the street and not theirs. That's why you can shove that cord cutting thing and just shove it right back up in Connecticut. You can sell, you sell that lie to somebody else who's not dialed into what happens with media companies. I'm too smart on the inside of what happens in these buildings to fall for the, it's the cord cutting that did it. We'll get you hooked up with $1,000. We're doing it right now. On Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. Before the break, I had said that at 9.30, I'm going to give a WWE superstar a uh, little bit of credit for being able to do something that I wish desperately that I could do. And I'm not able to do it. He was, so I have to give him credit. And Fantone made the joke that maybe it was me giving credit to John Cena wearing the jorts. And no, it is not, because I hate John Cena, and I hate jorts. People always ask me, what the hell are jorts? They're jean shorts. And if you don't know what jort means, it means you probably wear jorts. Don't do that. Or cargo shorts. But doing that, too. A lot of, a lot of fashion rules on the Sandsbury show That's here. Right. Masturbation and fashion rules. That's what we do here. That's what we do. I have rules on both. And you'll live a better life if you adhere to them. You will. But Peter writes in and says, John Cena didn't make George popular. Stone Cold pioneered them into the WWE. Cena is overrated. He's no Ric Flair. Yeah, but Stone Cold doesn't wrestle anymore. So we're going topical, Peter. Yeah, Pete. Come on, bro. And yes, I could have made a Stone Cold joke, but I went with John Cena, and I'm I'm not going to regret that, dude. I want to be clear that this WWE story we're going to talk about now is not the one where I want to give the guy credit. Nice, dude. Just okay. a, a lot of WWE on the on the, on the Lots of today. WWE. We're going backwards here. We've already talked about this as it was about, I don't know, six, nine months ago maybe when Hogan. Okay. When like the end tapes came out. Oh, okay. When okay. he was like using the N-word. Okay. All right. So I want to make it clear this is not the wrestler I'm patting on the back for doing the thing I wish I could do. That's not what's happening. Okay. But Hogan had been caught saying some awful stuff. Yeah, talking about um, how his daughter could never date a blank, I guess we'll refer to that one as. Doing his best Donald Sterling there. Yeah, yeah, not very uh, not very considerate with the language when it came to uh, came to minorities there. Is that a sex tape it was involved in, too? Was that the Bubba sex tape? Yeah, where Bubba yeah. Like, had him sleep with like his wife or whatever, and then they secretly filmed it, and then, like, I still don't know what happened. Like, Bubba claims... Cowhead gave it to somebody and like I don't know what the whole thing. It's like it's like half radio war, half WWE thing that's happening, and who the hell knows? I don't know really what happened. And this was kind of what brought down the website Gawker too, right? This is yeah, yeah was, because the Ho- yeah oh my god I forgot about Gawker, but like they paid Hogan all that money, hundred million dollars or something like that, something something crazy. And I remember there was like a whole big to do because he got like some venture capitalist guy to like back him in the lawsuit. So, the new twist in this story, I can hear that. Will you not oh, sing sorry, along with songs, sorry, dude? Sorry, that, sorry, do you sorry. do that every time we do something with wrestling? And, dude, I have to hear it. Don't, that's driving me crazy. All right, so Brooke Hogan wants to step up for her dad. Okay? And I understand wanting to protect your parents or wanting to get the back for your parents or wanting to be like, you know what? My dad's not the bad guy you think he is. All right? I understand that, but at some point, dude, your dad, I mean, dude, there's audio of it. Yeah, you have to you have to swallow it and kind of accept that, but 
nobody is just one thing, and obviously your parents are going to be something different than what they are to society, to you. There's nothing worse than finding out the reality of your parents versus the, the fantasy that you have about them. There's the, that, that's a bad, that, that can be a harsh reality. Yeah, it's part of being an adult, and, and, and obviously when your dad's an icon of something like that, right. it's, going to be, it's going to be very tough. Having to watch one of your parents fall from grace would be incredibly difficult. So she was being interviewed, and she tries to get the back of her dad, and the first part of this is okay. I feel bad for my dad, but I also feel bad for the African-American fans and stuff because they don't know that he didn't mean it. And that's, all right, I mean, that's not great. I mean, (laughs) mean, well, why did he say it? (laughs) You know, it would be offensive, but this is something that we have to put a stop to every day because I'll be honest with you, and here's where it goes bad. Dude, when white people who have been accused of some kind of race thing or they've been close to somebody who has the... But I'm white, and I've dealt with racism in my life, too. Never stacks up. It never... I've never heard the white counterpart that makes me go, okay, well, yeah, there is that. So saying reverse racism usually isn't a valid argument. It's, is there such thing as... there? Well, A, people are going to say, too, there's no such thing as reverse racism. If you're racist, you're racist, right? Okay, fine. But yes, is there? are there racist African-American people? Are there racist Mexican people? Are there racist uh, of all race? Yes. Do, are there people who, are there people, large groups of people from inside certain races that have negative feelings about Caucasian Americans? Absolutely there are. But if you notice, the examples you get never really punch through. Like, I've never heard the white person, well, and then they turn the fire hose on us. I'm not, and I don't mean to laugh at that being that being a funny thing. I mean to laugh at, like, what at your, like, but this happened to me. Yeah, but that didn't happen to you. We didn't build the country off the back of your labor, not pay you, not educate you, and then call you dumb for 400 years. That didn't happen to you. Okay? So, do people play the race card too quickly? Yes. But make no mistake, racism in America is alive and well, has been forever, and it's a black eye on all of us. She goes on to say, I've had a black guy call me honky. Yeah, that doesn't hold the same weight the N-word does. Again, because of the history of the word. You weren't held down. You weren't oppressed. And then had that term slung around your neck as to show you that this is how I'm oppressing you. That's not what happened. I'm going to agree 100% with you. I'm not trying to. I know. But here's... I've got you in a bad territory. Yeah, yeah, you, hey, you want to be on my side. Devil's advocate, this one. Um, I got you in a bad position here. So, I know I do. So there has not been examples of white people who uh, didn't get a job, didn't get an opportunity, were, you know... Has affirmative action maybe stopped a, a some people from getting a job? Maybe they rightfully had. I've heard arguments for that uh, in certain lines of work. Yeah, Maybe. Maybe. And I don't mean to just like shrug it off like it's no big deal, but let's not pretend it's the same thing. It's something. It's part of the argument. It deserves examination, but let's not pretend it's the same thing, is what I'm going to say. Now, maybe I'm wrong. I doubt it. She says, Brooke Hogan, this is, defending her father. I've had a black guy call me a honky. And here's the example 
where she thinks like she's dealt with racism in her life that does not stack up next to what black people have had to deal with. It just doesn't. Okay. All right. I've also been told that white people smell like baloney. What? What? I don't take offense to it. I just laugh at it. Of course. Of course you just laugh at that. Because it's not negatively affecting your life. Now. (laughs) How awful is that comma, right? Like, how awful is that? It seems to me (laughs) White people do smell like baloney That white people Two African Americans Seem to have a scent Bill Burr talks about it all the time That black people Because he's dated plenty of black women I believe actually Bill Burr's married to a black woman Don't quote me on that But I know he's dated interracially a bunch of times And he has said that Ex-girlfriends of his have told him That white people smell like wet dogs Okay now, I don't think that's racist. That's observational. That's, you know what I mean? That, that, that I think, yes, that different, I got in trouble for, uh, for this on the radio once before, but different races of people do have a scent to them. I don't, that's not racist to acknowledge that. Racism is, I feel negatively about this. I'm in a position of power to stop you from, uh, from achieving what you want, and I'm going to use my mentality to make sure you don't get what it is you're after. That's racism. Observations aren't that. So, like, Brooke Hogan, maybe you smell like baloney. Maybe you do. And baloney's not awful. It's not my first choice of lunch meat. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> but, let's be on- but let's be honest. It's not like... What I mean is that's not... It's not detrimental to you in any way. And again, even though you smelled like baloney, guess what we did, Brooke Hogan? We educated you. We educated you. You can have any job you want. It's just, dude, when white people go to the, but I've dealt with racism too, you just, you never have the example that's good enough. It's like when people invoke Hitler. Show me the person who invoked Hitler and won the argument. As soon as you go to, yeah, but Hitler, it's like everybody just stops listening because you know the next couple of stuff that comes out of your mouth is crazy. There's no, dude, wait till we got to stop this. Are there racist black people in America? Of course there are. And the reason it's called reverse racism is, is that some people would make the claim, and I don't know who's right, but some people would make the claim that they wouldn't feel that way if they didn't deal with hundreds of years of their family members and themselves dealing with white people being racist towards them. And that's where the term reverse racism came about, is that every action has a reaction. Is what the claim is there. Now, I don't know if that's accurate, but it, there's part of it that makes sense. I think people look at this too much on an individual level where it's like, well, I'm not in the Klan. I'm not, you know, I'm not carrying black people behind my truck. It's so one I'm of not those, racist. You have to look at the bigger picture. It's like being cool. Everybody thinks they're cool. Like 10 people in the world are cool. And nobody thinks they're racist. Like the amount of people, like I know people who are racist, right? I won't call them friends, but they're acquaintances and they're wholeheartedly racist and yet they if you were to ask them they think they're they think their neighbors racist but they're not of course they're going to deny it and i mean it's something that you don't want even even if even 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 a racist knows that it's a dirty thing it's not something that you want it's something that you would have to hide and like i said it's just a bigger picture you you got to take a step back from what you feel what experiences you've had and kind of look at the whole thing 
I just, I've never heard the, yeah, well, I dealt with this, so it's the same thing. It's not. It's not. Remember, there was the woman, that video went viral, where that college professor said to a room full of people, raise your hand if you were willing to live two weeks as an African-American in this country. Guess how many hands went up in that audience? None. Not me. None. So it's not the same thing. It's not. There's a legitimate bitch on the other side here. There is. Make no mistake. Slavery was the original, like, my bad. (laughs) That was awful. Like, what were we thinking? Ownership of people? What the hell were we thinking? Smelling like baloney doesn't even come close. And honestly, it kind of speaks to how she was raised by a guy who was talking like that, right? Well, baloney's just funny, right? Well, smell white people smelling like baloney is hilarious to me. There's a sub shop commercial in there somewhere. Brooke Hogan holding it. I don't know. But I think a guy who is adamantly, vehemently against his daughter dating an African-American man, there's no... He meant that, Brooke. He meant it. I, I know you don't want to admit that about your father, but if he had that much of an issue of you dating a person, which is a pretty weird stance for a girl who was in a song with Paul Wall, that's about as black as you can get for a white dude. Seems very strange. But... The smelling like baloney does not equate slavery. It just it just doesn't. That's ridiculous. We have a piece of audio that is not to be missed. You'll hear it next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. You'll get $1,000. You'll get it at 910 on Rock 106.9 with our workday double pay. We'll give you the next keyword. You text in. You win $1,000. Again, there's no rule that says you're not allowed to send it back and give it back to me. I don't know why you would, but there's no reason. There's no law that says you're not allowed. You can also take me out to dinner with it. No, but just about cover. I don't know, dude. I bet you there is some law where it's like, dude, no, you can't go give that money back to them. I bet there's a law that would stop me from asking them to send it back to me, maybe. (laughs) I could maybe see me in the principal's office a little Uh, later this afternoon for that one. Yeah, Principal likes us, though. It's a teacher that I'm worried about. That's a fair point. Principal saved our job, I think. Could, could be wrong there. What do I know? Yeah, I'm not touching that one. <laughs> <laughs> You're on your own on that one. I, I want to be able to say, I don't know what the hell he was thinking. What was he talking about? I don't know what the hell he was thinking. We have this awesome video up online in the Sansbury Show section of WRQK.com. And it can't be missed. You have to see this. And I believe so strongly in that, that what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually tweet the link out to it right now. So if you follow me on Twitter, at Stansberry Show, you'll be able to see this. We'll get it posted up at the Facebook page here, too, in a second. It's just a little faster to do via Twitter real quick. So we'll just do that. But Fantone took the audio because he was like, dude, I'm telling you, he's like, I think this audio is going to translate pretty well over the radio because the guy's just funny to listen to. And what this is, is we found video of a redneck who is fed up with all of you people who feed your dog expensive dog food. He claims there's no difference in this dog food. Just feed your dog dog food. All right. Right? Okay. Now, I don't currently have a pet. 
But when I had a dog, I will admit I was one of those people. I was like, no, I, I'm going to spend money. I want my dog to be happy. I'm going to buy him good dog food. Like, I'm just, that's the way I was. Uh, there's a lot of, of difference between, like, what we consider good dog food. I mean, like, some people are like, oh, well, if I buy this name brand product, it's going to be good dog food. That's not necessarily true. You're just buying that brand. Now, there are higher quality food products to give your pets, right. and I think they make a genuine difference. Like, I can tell... Like they're coke shiny. Well, yeah, and you can tell there's like a, a just they're healthier, and why wouldn't that make sense? I mean, look at people. If if you give people healthy food, they start to look and appear a little bit to be more healthier. You give them not so healthy food, what are they? They're sluggish, they're a little slow, greasy skinned, and you know what I mean. So I would imagine that that would translate into the animal kingdom too. I don't know on the same level, but I would imagine there's at least some of it. Especially when you kind of consider here what animals' natural diet would be versus the diet that we give them. You know how processed right. pet food is. It's like well, these animals truly were. They evolved to 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 hunt their food to 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 kind of eat off of the land. So yeah, giving them processed food is going to be a problem. I would think so. Yeah. So the guy wanted to taste test this food not by dog, but he wanted to do it himself. We have that audio. Let's take a listen. Well, howdy, folks. How the hell y'all doing? Oh, Catfish Cooley coming into you. Live. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. His name is Catfish Cooley. <laughs> Well, howdy, folks. How the hell y'all doing? Old Catfish Cooley coming into you live. Now, let baby. me ask you. Is this guy playing this character, or is he this guy? Um, I couldn't tell off of one video, but it seemed pretty genuine to me. Because he's he's a what I, what my brother likes to call a summer teeth. Like, some are here, some are there. Like, he's a summer teeth. Like, so, like, I would imagine this is authentic, and he sounds authentic. Howdy, folks. How the hell y'all doing? Old Catfish Cooley coming into you live, baby. That sounds real, man. Catfish cooler coming in live. <laughs> it baby. does. Yeah. I've been noticing a lot of people, they talk about my dog will only eat this kind of food or my dog will only eat this kind of food because it costs more. I want to test that out. I think it's bullshit. <laughs> Here, I got some mighty dog food, some kind of shit. Mm. <laughs> Dude, it's so gross. <laughs> Now we got a little Caesar's, the good dog food. That tattoo with Stewie on his right arm is so jailhouse. I knew it. (laughs) I knew it. They both taste like (laughs) Well, yes, because they're dog food, you redneck. Of course. And it's wet dog food, too. Which oh, is yeah, it's not even dry like kibble. Considerably grosser. I mean, like, listen, I'm not trying to chomp on no kibbles and bits, but, I mean, I could probably tolerate that. But once you get that wet dog food, oh. and especially it's like that... It's like that. I won't even give my animals that stuff. It's like that. It's, it's like that pate. It's that gross looking like, like sponge. Yeah. At least with like, oh, at least if it was like the, you know, the stuff that kind of looks like beef stew, maybe you could get away with that and suck that down. But dude, that pate, no way I'd be able to eat that. So apparently this dude's quite the internet star. His name's David Cooley, Catfish Cooley. He's married to Monica West Cooley. This guy's got 105,000 followers, for Christ. That's all it takes, dude. And look at us. Look at us just sitting here like idiots, dude. Why don't we get some dog food? Let's eat it. Oh, my God. That's disgusting. <laughs> so gross, dude. And, I mean, as gross as that sounded, the, the, the video's even worse. Ugh, it's terrible. Like, honestly, the smell of wet 
cat or dog food even makes me sick. Like the, 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 the popping that can open, I can never give my animals that stuff. Um, I give it to them. I try not to take a whiff, though. You yeah, know no. I mean? like, eh, it just, right. no, I understand people do it. I understand that your animals are going to like it, but to, to me, it's like tuna fish. Like, like opening a can of that just makes me sick to my stomach. I can't even do it. Can we slow catfish Cooley down one time? Well, howdy, folks out here, y'all know I know catfish Cooley. It doesn't even sound that different. baby. <laughs> I've been noticing a lot of people that talk about my dog going to eat this kind of food or my dog going to eat this kind of food because it costs more. I want to test that out. I think it's bullshit here. I want to hear him. Can I hear him throw up? Can I hear him throw up, slow down? Can I get that? One second here. Wait a second. There it is. Wait. Um... No, wait, no? Yeah, there it is. There, there we is. go. There it is. Hold on. I knew it. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. We just missed it. <laughs> I knew it. Oh, that's so gross. They both taste like shit. <laughs> that is so gross. If you haven't seen that yet, it's on my Twitter at Stansbury Show. It's also online, facebook.com slash Stansbury Show, or at our website, wrqk.com, in the Stansbury Show section. Coming up next, you get $1,000 on Rock 106.9. Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show, Rock 106.9. You're minutes away now from getting hooked up with $1,000 with Rock 106.9. Workday double pay. We give you the keyword, you text in, you win money, and you don't have to send it back to me. Management has reached out and they said, will you please stop telling people to mail you the money back? All right. I guess I'll go back to my original plan, going down to my boss's office, knocking on that door and asking for the money there. I guess I can go back to that plan. Or there's a beautiful corner right at the right at the off ramp of 77 on Tusk right there. Yeah, but that's what I do on the weekend. Ah, I, don't, ah. I don't have time to be doing that right now. Okay. So we'll give you that keyword here in a second. So the NFL draft starts tonight, 8 p.m. is what I'm being told, NFL Network. I wish they were starting it at 7. I don't know for the life of me why that thing doesn't start till 8 o'clock. I can't figure that out, but not all of you wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning, I yeah. guess. So they're probably programming for most of you and not so much me there. But I said this earlier in the program, and I maintain that I wanted this to be over last night just so I can start bitching about what they did. Like, I don't even know it, like because that's going to be what we do is that we're going to complain no matter what they do. Now, the rumors are they like Garrett, but they want to take some of their other picks, move back up into the top 10 to make sure they get Trubisky. Now, Todd McShay over at ESPN, one of the guys who made it through the cuts, is now tweeting out earlier this morning saying that he thinks the Browns will take Mitch Trubisky at number one. If you take a quarterback at number one in what is widely considered to be the worst quarterback for or the worst quarterback draft class in like a while, I think that may be a mistake. I can agree with you, um, and I do agree with you. But the thing is, is if you think he's worth it, he's worth any price, right? If you think you have, if you if think he's the guy, there's nothing that it's not worth, right? So 
and when you, I you, just don't think he's the guy. You yet. don't, you don't, you don't. You're not always going to have the opportunity to have the first pick, to have the pick of the litter, to have the guy that you'd want. You're not always going to have that opportunity. So if the Browns see it as this is the quarterback of the future, he's worth it. I guess with the, yeah, you're you're right. The debate we're getting into is is he the guy? And that's a big old question mark at the end of the sentence, as opposed to Miles Garrett, who you know will be able to step into that role. Yeah, he will at least be able to play that position next year, next season, when we need him to make an impact. Now, I know Hughes, the quarterback whisperer. Now, he made Andy Dalton look really good, but so did Muhammad Sanu, who's no longer in, in Cincinnati. I mean, did receivers help? Other things help. So, I mean, Hughes, the quarterback whisperer. So, could he make Trubisky better than he is? I guess. I mean, I would have to make room for it. I, and and uh, I'm not anti Mitch Trubisky. I want people to understand that I'm not anti him. I'm just I haven't seen the thing that makes me go, yeah. Let's make sure we move up to get him. If anything, they say Mahomes is going to drop to the third round and take him in the third round, pay him nothing. Considerably less risky. Right. Considerably less. Then risky. if the kid busts out, it doesn't matter. You take a quarterback at number one. I don't care. Any position. You take somebody number one, it's expected, you fix the franchise. Now that's of course unfair, but that's what that's what the fan expectation will be. And if you put that on a quarterback's shoulders versus a pass rusher, it gets that much heavier for him to carry. Especially for a quarterback. I mean, you know, you pick anybody else at the number one, you pick any other position at the number one, and yeah, you look at them as a franchise. A difference maker, maybe not the franchise savior. I'm not looking at Miles Garrett like, dude, this guy is going to be the savior of the Cleveland Browns. It's like, no, he's going to be a piece of that. The quarterback is looked at as like, you're the piece, you're the guy, you're the one thing that we need. And to put that to put that on Mitch Trubisky is grossly unfair. Joey tweets and says Browns. Uh, Brown. Oh, he says Browns taking a quarterback for the first pick is a bad move. It's a proven system. I thought he was saying to me. Picking a quarterback for the first move is a, he's saying the Browns doing it. Yes, that's uh, I mean, I listen. I I understand that you can only look at past results, but you do have to remember this is a new regime, and it's not necessarily fair to to blame you know um, uh, Charlie Fry on Hugh Jackson. It's not fair. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I'm being told the draft, and obviously this is partially true. It starts late because the West Coast people. Yeah, yeah that is partially true. Eight o'clock being five o'clock on the West Coast. They do it when I want. It would be four o'clock in the afternoon. So that that is there are there is some truth to that. I miss West Coast football, man. I'm, that's the one thing about living out there I really miss. I uh, I want him. To, I like this move. I like taking him at. I like taking uh, Miles Garrett at one, and if Deshaun Watson's there at twelve, I like taking him at twelve. I think, dude, Deshaun Watson was all the rage for two years. He was all the rage. Not a single thing has happened. Not a single thing has gone down. And yet people are now like on Trubisky. Nobody was on notice nobody was on Trubisky while he was playing. Nobody was on him. Nobody. Now all of a sudden the day of the draft is here, now everybody wants the kid. I don't now again, I know he's local, so people are like, quit hating on the Ohio guy. I'm not hating. He could be great. Quit honking for the Ohio guy. Quit honking for it. But I said I've said this about Deshaun Watson before, and I will say it again today, the day of the draft. That when the lights get big. That kid plays national championship games. He played well in both. Beat Nick Saban that last year. And again, had to beat him. Had to go down the field, make a tight window throw. Did it. And the biggest stage in college football. 
Deshaun Watson's won more games than Mitch Trubisky has played in. How does that not make you a more valuable draft pick? How does that? I don't understand that. If I've won more games on the collegiate level than you've played in, how does that not make me more valuable? I don't understand that. I don't get. I don't get that math. Complicating the process and uh, reading from NFL.com. Here we go. Uh, more rumors kicking up, and a quote: Jimmy Garoppolo has "quote unquote" no nerves over his potential trade. I don't think he's going anywhere. I wanted him here. But let's be honest, Tom Brady is 40, and if if Garoppolo's the real deal, Belichick ain't letting him go. He ain't letting him go. He's had the best quarterback for the last, I don't know how many every year Brady's been there. They've won, what, set, was it six titles, seven I don't know what it is, but he's, I mean, he's got, I think it's five. Yeah, five championships, been in seven. If Garoppolo's the real deal, he ain't dealing him. Brady's 40. You don't get better as you get older. I just, I don't know Trubisky's not going to be the guy, but I think that they say this is the worst quarterback class in like 10 years. Then how could any one of them be a number one pick? How could, if, if, they're, if you can't look at him and say that for sure is the best quarterback in the draft, he's not a number one pick. It was obvious on tape, obvious on tape that Andrew Luck was light years better than Robert Griffin III. Only fools. Dude, Robert Griffin III in the draft was fool's gold. And only fools fell for that. It was obvious on film Andrew Luck was a better NFL prospect. Obvious. It's not obvious with any of these guys. So none of them are a number one pick. If they take Trubisky at number one, that's my only problem. Is that it's not It's not a bona fide pick. It's just not. If they get him at 12, I don't hate it. If we get Garrett and Trubisky, I will live with that the way I would live with Garrett and Watson. I won't knock the Trubisky pick, but picking him first overall is crazy. I think that's crazy. That's just me. I have to give credit where I don't want to, and that's to a WWE player, wrestler, former wrestler, whatever the hell you want, a superstar <laughs> they like to be called. I have to give credit where I don't want to. That happens next after you get this $1,000. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. Win yourself a thousand dollars, ten ten with Fishhead. You know, a guy, as we've been talking about the draft a lot, brought up an excellent point. And I had said last year that I didn't like Wentz, not because I didn't like him, but because I felt like the team wasn't necessarily ready for like a premier quarterback at that level. So why take a guy number one, number two, have to pay him all that money? And he said, look, I, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with your assessment la- in last year's draft. He's like, but if the team didn't like Wentz last year, he's like, what do you see? What do they see in Trubisky that they didn't see in Wentz? And you know what? That's an excellent point. Both of them played at like nowhere schools, essentially for football. But like Carson won. Now they won all the games when he didn't play too. And that was a knock against him. And I had said last year, that's the knock against him. But. There's nothing Trubisky did at the college level that Wentz didn't. So that's an excellent point. What do they see in Mitch Trubisky that you didn't see in Carson Wentz? That you would move back up to take him. I mean, if you're going to move back up to take Trubisky, why not take Wentz at two last year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly there's a great point there. And you've just got to think that if you weren't ready for him this year, nothing indicates that you'd be ready for a project of that sort this year. So I don't understand what has changed in the Browns organization that would make you want to make that move. I don't get it. it, it right. 
Like, if you're going to pass on Wentz at two, I don't see the thing that makes Trubisky a better pick than Carson Wentz would have been. I don't see the thing. Now, I'm not trained to see said thing. I'm just, you know, a casual observer, but I, I don't. I don't totally get it. Yeah, dude. I, I, I don't know how the Browns walk away with a 100% win tonight. I don't know what they do where I'm not at least looking at it like, what the hell? Because if they get two studs at defense at, at, at 1-12, I'm going to be like, well, they can't win any games like that. They're not going to – it's not putting points on the board. If they take, you know, I guess, you know, maybe somebody solid. Kicker. And, and then <laughs> – you, somebody you can depend on at one with, with Garrett, and then 12, if you did get a quarterback, maybe that's the best case scenario to me, is because then at least I feel like you got something solid and you gambled on yourself. You took a little roll of the dice. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, uh, you know, there was part of me last night that was like, just get it over so I can start complaining. Which, yes, <laughs> yes, of <laughs> you course. Know what I mean, and I know that's how a lot of people feel today, but who knows? Maybe they'll get it right. But I thought that that guy, Jeffrey, brought up an excellent point, which is I don't see what you see in Trubisky that you didn't see in Wentz. Again, not trained to said, see said thing, but you never know. So I have to give credit where I don't want to give it. All right. All right. And. There are now he's a star, there's no doubt about it. The Rock is a huge star, right? And he has transcended the WWE. Who, by the way, they're all over me. I now get like personalized emails from the WWE network that say, Daniel, we want you back. We miss having you as a subscriber. And so they're offering me all this stuff. They're never getting my money. But The Rock has like, I mean, he was the highest paid actor last year. Not wrestler turned actor, like the highest paid actor last year. He's got that show, it's at HBO, Ballers is mm-hmm. on. That's not that bad. That show actually can be funny. He's been in a bunch of movies. Um, obviously, huge, uh, huge part of the Fast and the Furious there, yeah. and those are money makers. I hear, isn't he and Statham getting like their own offshoot film now of those? Faster and furiouser. I, I and I guess like he and Vin Diesel don't get along all that well, and like all this stuff. Um, also in that uh, that Disney movie, that Moana, I think it is. Yeah, that thing was huge, right? Huge movie, grossly successful, and I mean, dude was just cashing checks all of last year. I swear to God, if Disney called me up and said, "Hey, there's a cartoon," I don't care what the role is, I would do it. Of course, no matter, dude, put me in a Disney cartoon. Those things always make money, and you're probably gonna get a thousand jobs because of it. Residual checks for the rest of your life, yeah, dude. Forever. Just, just falling off the truck. I, I, any character Disney wanted yeah. me to play, I would totally do. Of course. Okay, now this guy says maybe Browns realized the mistake they made not taking Wentz and they don't want the same shortcomings coming up with Mitch. That's actually a decent uh, assessment of that. But moving, I, you can't oversteer into the skin, though. Yeah, yeah. but So the rock, though, is like all the rage, right? And this surfaced, I guess, about two, three weeks ago, and I hadn't heard about it, but somebody sent this to me and said, what do you think about this? And there's a photo of him on Instagram hitting a golf ball with a driver. And it says the world record longest drive is 515 yards set in 1974. My drive here has been measured at an estimated 490 yards, just under 500 yards. Says, I failed math when I was a kid, but I think that's kind of close. One fun day, I will break the world record. Great day on the links shooting scenes for Ballers HBO. I also hit two other great balls when I stepped on a rake. <laughs> Back to work. Have a productive day. Onset. Hashtag Ballers. 
490 yards. So, wow. Here's the problem. Correct me if I'm wrong, like golfers don't hit that, right? All right, so like this year, there was, I think, the first time they've been in Mexico in a while. And because of like the elevation and like the, the setup of the course, like guys like Dustin Johnson were hitting it like 520. But again, it was all elevation based. It was has nothing like they the next week they were like I think Arizona and be, dudes were back hitting at 300. Like so this stuff can happen, but yeah, 500 yards is monster. Like it's monster. But and like those they have the long drive championships every year. They host it in Vegas. I actually went one year. It's awesome. And but those guys if you notice, they make the fairway so wide that they can get it in. Like most big hitters can't hit accurately. Right. I would assume and there's so, some sacrifice there. And that's why you're not a professional golfer. You can hit the ball a mile, but you can't hit it accurately and then your irons aren't as good. But 490 seems a little unbelievable from a guy who's not trained to do this. And I had thought that I had that this person had sent me video of this, but it's just an Instagram photo. There's nothing to back this up. And so, like, guys like John Daly, who's, like, a huge hitter, have called him out and said, prove it. Let's go. We'll film it. We'll get it out. And we'll, Because here's the thing. If you can hit it 490 once, you can hit it 350 consecutively. And so people are kind of calling him out, and there's been no response. Now, The Rock's a bigger star than John Daly. Doesn't necessarily have to get back to John Daly. So... But, I mean, if this is true, if he had a golf ball 490 yards, bro, that's monstrous. Like, here's, I played a course the other day. The day I went with my buddy Dustin who killed that bird. Right. Right? <laughs> now, Meadow Lake is a short course. It's a, it's a short course. Even from the blues, which are called the tips, it's still pretty short. We were playing from the whites there. There was not a hole on that course over 330. So if he's hitting it 490, he's sending it over all the par fours. Now there's not a single par five on the course. So now the Rock's a huge dude. I mean, not just like a big guy, but a monster of a man. How much of that is just like your muscle power? I mean, he's huge. Now see, there are big hitters on the PGA who aren't big. Like Dustin Johnson hits the ball really far. He's like six eight. And um, he's long and lean. He's not muscular. Well, I mean, I'm sure he's got muscles, but he's the first thing you think about him isn't like, damn, look at his biceps. It's how long he is. So it, is what makes him hit it so far. They say. I mean, obviously, a trained golfer is going to have an advantage, but like when it comes to like me, a non-golfer versus a non-golfer who's super muscular, you're going to give him the nod, right? Okay, like I was playing last Sunday with my buddy. They call him Sloaner. His okay. name's Matt, Matt Sloan. And he's a big kid. Like okay. he's, I mean, dude, his hands, like when he shakes your hands, it hurts almost. I mean, he's got huge hands. And he's a big guy, kind of like The Rock, and he hit the ball, like honestly, where we couldn't even see it anymore in Crushing the air. It. Like he, yeah. So I guess maybe it's possible. I just, dude, 490 is monstrous. I, I don't know what the rules of golf are here in the sense of like, when it comes to your drive, is it where the ball lands or where the ball stops rolling? Stops rolling. Okay. Well, then that's part of it, too. They give you roll there. And, yeah, if if you're in the desert. Now, in like when they do the long drive, they measure where it hit and then where it landed. Okay. So so they give you both measurements. He probably, this is probably where the ball ended up. And so, yeah, if you're playing in the desert and it's dry and you hit a ball on a downhill and it rolls. The wind's blowing. You know what I mean? And a million other. Still, man. I mean, Phantom, the best drive I've ever hit. Ever 
And I, dude, I hit the ball hard, well, straight. It measured at like 275. And that is like, dude, that's the best I've ever hit it. A good drive, 240-ish, 250 if I can get it. I'm, I'm ecstatic about it. Dude, hitting a ball over 300 yards is really, really hard. Really difficult. So to hit it 490, even being that big. Now, he probably plays a lot of golf now, though. Yeah, probably got all the time in the world. I hate giving these wrestlers credit for anything. I hate it. Stupid clothes and suplexes and (laughs) all this stupid stuff. But I do like him. I find him to be entertaining. The Rock, I think he's another one. I was talking about how I think Mike Rowe could be president. I think The Rock, if he wanted to, could be president for sure. Dwayne Johnson, I think he could be president for sure. Totally likable. Got the killer smile. Charisma. Intelligent, probably. He could do it. If you can make 19 Fast and Furious movies, you can, you know what I mean? True. And still get people to go to the theater to see them, I think you could maybe be president. Interesting there. 490. I'm not buying it. John Daly, get it done. Daly versus The Rock. I want to see it. I need to see it. 490 sounds a little far. We'll close out the Sansbury Show for the day. That will happen next on Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. Rock 106.9. Win yourself $1,000 with Fishhead at 1010. He'll give you your next keyword for Rock 106.9's workday double pay. $1,000 up for grabs every hour. 6 o'clock in the morning till 9 p.m. every single weekday. Nearing the end of the program, head over to WRQK.com. You can check out some of the footage from the fire that uh, Canton firefighters were dealing with overnight. It was around 1 o'clock in the morning. They were still out there. From what we understand, firefighters will be on scene till about noon. And uh, make sure that nothing pops back up. It's because the fire was actually at Canton Hardwood Sales, which I'm guessing is a lot of wood and lumber laying around there. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, I feel awful for the business owner. I feel awful for anybody that's working there. But as far as I can tell, nobody was hurting this. So silver lining, silver lining, you know, silver lining there. Yeah. Um, 700 people were without were without power due to it this morning. Now, they say that may have been like a controlled thing where they decided to shut the power down to, you know, help, uh, you know, limit some things there. But I have not heard if that power has been restored to those cons- uh, those consumers yet or not. But you can see a little footage of that at WRQK.com. Do you have plans for the draft? It's like, like, are you gonna go somewhere yeah. to watch this? Or are you just gonna watch it on the couch? What's the- it starts at eight, so that's way too late for your boy to be out. Um, and no, I'll probably just watch up until they make pick number twelve, and then I'm gonna be like, all right, I'm done. I'm supposed to meet some people over at the uh, Hard Rock Roxino for it. Okay. They're doing like a huge party for it. And okay. A buddy of mine was like, "Yo, man, I got an extra ticket to this thing. Why don't you go with me?" And so I'm thinking about doing that. But I, like you, I'm gonna drive separately. And as soon as they pick twelve, I'm in the car and on my way back home. Um, I, I'm I'm interested to see what they do. So funny how once upon a time the draft wasn't anything, but now it's like, dude, you going to a party for this? Like, are you gonna go watch this? You know what I mean? Like. Well, that's the NFL. Yeah. I mean, they, they really are. They're trying to become a year-round league. I, I, I posted this picture on my Twitter. This must have been, I don't know, two, three weeks ago. But it was a picture of Brett Favre the night that he got drafted. Wasn't even there, right? He, he was in his dorm room. Like, he was just in like his, like, just like his dorm room hanging out. It was just like mind-boggling what was to what is. Uh, well, again, Favre, though, I'd be interested to see who, like, who, who the quarterback of that class was right. and what their situation was. Because Favre didn't become Favre until he was in the pros. I mean, people... 
people forget he was a backup in Atlanta. You know what I mean? And so like that's that might have been part of that. But yes, the, has the draft grown? <laughs> yes. And I mean, honestly, I hope this is it's in Philly tonight. So I hope this is a a, a continuation of a traveling road show here. And we're Dude, three years out. I hope Philly. They Philly. threw snowballs at Santa Claus. Philly. Like, yeah, it's in Philly tonight. You know, Philly is uh, that's a rough sports town. It's a great city. But it's a it's a very fickle sports town, and like I said, they threw snowballs at Santa. Like I'm telling you right now, if 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 Philly picks bad tonight, they're gonna let them hear it in a bad way. Now get ready for Roger Goodell to be booed every time he steps out on of stage, course. which I don't totally understand. You know why people hate Roger Goodell? You know why you hate him? Because he's the grown up. He's run on time. Yes. For sure. And that's why you hate him, is because you think, no fun league. Nope. It's why the NFL is the most popular sports league in America, because they don't let the athletes just run amok. And and, and it, it's easy to hate him because it's hard to hate football. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm not going to give up on it's the fair. love of the game. Of course, I still want to watch the games. But if you give me an individual to boo, I can take out all my frustrations on of, him. On, of, whether it's from my team, whether that's from, like, the pussification of the NFL or whatever thing you're frustrated of. Too much offense, not enough dancing. Whatever you're pissed off about with football, he's the, he's the, he's the, 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 the target there. The NFL doesn't let you celebrate is one of the dumbest arguments I've ever heard in my entire life. There are literally celebrations after every single play. They just don't want you twerking in the end zone. All they've said is just don't make it violent or sexual. You can then you can do as much as you want. And that can't be done. They can't find a way not to they can't find a way to score without the slitting of the throat thing or twerking? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Don't it's not Roger Goodell. You know how you judge Roger Goodell? Are ratings in the NFL up? Yeah. Is revenue in the NFL up? Yeah. Is it the most popular sport in America? Yeah. Job done. Job done. Almost sounds like you're talking about the Stansberry show there, buddy. Radiance, revenue, popularity, through the roof. Yeah, very similar there. Very similar. The people that hate on Roger, I just don't, I don't get it. You hate him because he's the grown-up, making sure everything's done right. Before we get out, what do you want to happen at one, and what do you think happens at one? Miles Garrett and Miles Garrett. Nice. That's what I think happens. That's what I want, and that's what I think they're going to do. I think this Trubisky thing's about them trying to line up something else, and they're trying to pull San Fran or maybe the Jets into something before they should have to do it. That's what I think. I don't know. What do you want? What do you think? Couldn't answer it any better, dude. Miles Garrett and Miles Garrett. I think it's the, it's the, it's the smart answer, and it's the answer of what's going to happen. That's there. a good question. Thanks for that one. That's a good question. Solid on your part there, buddy. I do what I can. Solid on your part. We're done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great afternoon. See you.